everybody, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today I'm joined by my friend, Rob Abasolo, owner of Rob Built. How's it going today, Rob? What's up, man? I'm touched. I'm honored that you call me your friend. I'm, you know, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I am honored to have you on here for a number of reasons. I wrote down like you are a man of many talents. Uh, you tiny house builder, Airbnb investor, YouTuber, content creator, short term rental coach, and expert. Tell us a little bit more, like in like kind of elevator pitch form, if you can manage to compress all of that into an elevator <laughs> <laughs> elevator pitch. What all it is that you do. I will do my best. I'm so bad at keeping things concise, but um, effectively, you know, about a year ago, I decided that I wanted to quit my job, you know, my nine to five job. And, you know, it took me a while to work up to that. And then back in March of 2021, I actually did, or I think February, I actually did quit my nine to five. And that was a really tough decision for me. But that was kind of the moment that I decided to go all in on YouTube and become a full time YouTube creator. And so I've been doing YouTube now for about 18 months. I started it January 2020. So, you know, as that was becoming successful, that's really where this bug of like quitting my job and doing that full time was really implanted in me. And so, yeah, uh, March quit my job, became a full time, you know, YouTube creator, teaching people all over the world, you know, how to start a short term rental business, how to become an Airbnb host, how to build tiny houses, unique spaces, glamping sites and all that kind of stuff. And then as of recently, in the last four or five months, I became a, a Kajabi coach or a Kajabi hero, I guess, and released a couple programs. And now, you know, I teach for a living as well. So whether it's on YouTube or, you know, on Kajabi, I'm always teaching people how to build something, some kind of cash flow to help them escape their nine to five job. That is awesome. There are so many cool aspects about this story. Uh, Like number one, like you became a content creator, like arguably to some degree, like after the wave, if you will, like the, to some degree, like I think there's like, at least like if I were thinking about doing something like this today, like you started this at a time to where, you know, content is like, it's, it, there's excessive content. There's more content than any individual can, can consume. So is there anything like any thoughts that you can like, like what went through your mind? Like, how could you speak to that? Like in terms of making that decision to do this during these times? hundred percent, man. I mean, a lot of people would say that the glory days of teaching online and courses and programs were, you know, back in the early two thousands. And I, I don't really agree with that. I mean, I think if you got something to say, if you got something to teach and, you know, people will listen if you, if it's really like a quality you know, education that you're trying to provide. Same thing with YouTube. You know, so many people use the oversaturation argument to really, you know, not get started because they, they're just nervous they're never going to make it. And unfortunately, the reality is that that might be true. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people online that are constantly creating content, but that shouldn't matter. I mean, you could make the same argument for Airbnb. There are a million Airbnb hosts out there. You know, do I really want to start another Airbnb? Well, I don't really get scared of the competition. I just want to go in and and do my thing. And that's really kind of how I approached YouTube. I really did it for me. I never expected anything out of YouTube. You know, I honestly started a YouTube channel and it was actually a DIY channel when I first started. And I, I told my wife, I was like, man, if I could get like DeWalt or Ryobi or Milwaukee to just send me free power tools, I will have been super, super like I would have counted myself lucky. Right. And so that was really my mentality was I just wanted to make enough money on ad revenue to, to buy a Chipotle burrito every week and, and get some power tools. And uh, I did it for me. 
You know, my ultimate goal when I started YouTube was to get a thousand subscribers. And, you know, it took me six months to do that. And I was like, so happy and so grateful that I did that. That to me was a dream come true. And I told myself when I hit a thousand subscribers, here's to 5,000, you know, it'll take me a few years to get to that. And I'm so excited to, to kind of continue this journey. And then a week later, I, I, I hit 5,000 subscribers. And then about a week or two after that, I hit 25,000 subscribers. So, you know, it's not always going to happen that way. I think today, if I started a brand new channel, I can't say I, I could do that again. You know, I think there's a lot of luck involved with it. But when you match up luck with hard work, you know, great things happen. Yes, I love that. I think the quote that I, I attached to is, is luck is when opportunity meets preparation. It's the combination of those two. 100%. I'd love to kind of just get into your mindset a little bit more, like quitting your job. That's a big deal. What happened in between there? Like the step between saying I, I quit and I'm going to be a YouTuber? Like, I don't want to ask, like, did you have a, a million dollars sitting behind the scenes that you were, you, you had to count sure. on? Did you have a fallback plan? Like, whoa, what was, like, how did you kind of overcome that, that risk, the risk associated with this? For sure, man. Well, you know, I started my Airbnb business about four years ago and, you know, I never really spent any of the money at all that I was making from that Airbnb business. I kept dumping it back into my business and, you know, I was dumping all my profit to buy another house, to buy another house, to acquire another house until, you know, that profit effectively morphed from like one to $2,000 a month to $25,000 a month. And so after I just kind of counted that up, I was like, well, that's more than I make at my job. So I don't understand why, you know, why I'm so scared to do this. But, you know, about, let's see, I started my channel in January of 2020. And then around July of 2020, I decided to start a consultation business where I just consulted people one-on-one -on, -one on how to start a, an Airbnb and, you know, a glamp side and all that kind of stuff. And I was charging, you know, a really, really hefty hourly rate to do that. And it started out with like one to two a week. And then it morphed into three to four a week. And then it morphed into me being booked a month in advance. So, you know, I was working round the clock, right? I was working my nine to five at five o'clock. I would then go and do three or four consultations every night, every single day of the week. And my throat really, really hurt. And I think I just had this moment where I counted up all my chips and I was like, well, three to four consultations a week is about 10% of the time that I put in at work. And it's about four times the amount of money that I make at work. And I've got this Airbnb business that is making me like $25,000 a month. Like, why am I putting myself through this stress of working a nine to five? I make so much more money doing all this other stuff. And mind you, like my wife and I together at our full-time jobs, we were making about $185,000 a year. Not a small amount of money, right? I mean, that that is what most people were like, that was our goal, right? I was like, if I could ever get to $200,000 with my wife, we're going to be so set. It's going to be so great. Like we're going to be able to, you know, go out and eat sushi and we're going to be able to travel anywhere we wanted. And it really was that. But then you added the whole consultation and the Airbnb side of that. And I really just started to realize that I had no more time. And so while I was making a lot more than 185 doing all of that together, I was also realizing I had zero time. Like there wasn't a single moment in my day that I had a moment to relax. And so making a lot of money effectively was a lot less sexier than I thought because I had no time to hang out with my wife or my kid. Uh, and now I have two kids. And so there was just kind of a moment in November of 2020 or December of 2020 where I was like, man, why am I doing this? You know, there's no reason to do this. And my wife was like, well, just quit. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you quit, you yeah. know? And I was just so defensive because I had spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of millionaires, honestly, at the time, like three or four in the span of a week, just randomly, just being a YouTuber, connecting with different people. And they all said the same thing. They were like, Rob, I watch your channel. I know how much you make because you talk about it. Why do you still have a job? 
job. And I was like, I, I don't know, healthcare, I guess. <laughs> and really, it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, I just, I really sat down and I, I was like, I think they're right. Like, why am I still doing this? We moved here to Tennessee shortly after, uh, you know, we we left our, our house in LA. We bought a cottage here in, in Gatlinburg that was on 50 acres. And I was just so busy every day going to bed at like, you know, one or two, just working. And I just told my wife, I was like, I think, I think it's time. And she was like, yeah, duh, it was time months ago. And I was like, all right, fine, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And she's like, yeah, do it then. <laughs> and, you know, I was, it was really like one of those things where she was so on board with me quitting so, so early on. And I was, I just really had to talk myself into it. Yeah. So uh, in retrospect, I waited too long. I wish I would have started earlier, but you know what? I'm glad that it worked out exactly the way it did because I was able to leave that career behind and, you know, 5X, 6X my, my income just from doing that because I got all my time back. Yes. I love it. Isn't it funny how the situations to where everyone else in the world sees the thing and it takes you, you're the last person to see the thing about you that you do, you know, the decision that you need to make or, or whatever it is. But I'd love to kind of figure out like where Kajabi came into the picture for you on this journey. Um, you're doing coaching. Like how, how are you using the platform? Yeah, for sure, man. Well, you know, I think when I was doing consultations, you know, like I said, I was charging a pretty decent hourly rate and I was just like, man, this is so great. Like if I do four of these a day and, you know, I was just kind of counting, uh, counting it all up. And what I realized is that it's impossible to scale when you're selling your time, your hourly time for like a, a finite dollar amount, right? Because you only have a, a certain amount of time. So let's just say that, you know, I started a consultation business and let's say that I would have worked myself up to like a thousand dollars an hour just to like put that out there. Even at a full time rate, you know, if I'm working 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, there's only a certain amount that I can make doing that. There's only a certain amount I can make if I was charging 2000 or 3000. So you can't really ever scale when you're just selling slots of your time. And so that's kind of where a few people had reached out to me. A few of my consults, they were like, man, why don't you like put together a course? And I was like, no, who would want, who would want to hear that for me? And they were like, well, I mean, we just paid you like a lot of money for an hourly rate. So I would, and I was like, okay, you know, and so there was kind of one of my coaching clients, one of my consultation clients that really put the bug in my head. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting thing. And I was like, all right, let me think about that. And that was back in August of 2020. And so that was it. So I was like, okay, fine. Sounds good. You know, if I could like make a program or like a course and charge like 300 bucks and sell it to a thousand people, like that would be really cool. Right. And so that's really where my journey started was like, all right, what do I have to do? And so I just started studying the, uh, not the psychology, but like the structure of courses. And I was watching Graham Cochran quite a bit on online and everything. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him and, you know, really just kind of understanding the, I don't know, the, the world of, of course making. And I, I actually came from an advertising and marketing background. So it's not like it was new stuff to me in terms of the lingo and the lexicon involved with creating courses, but it was very new in that the, the idea of funnels and like, you know, lead magnets and conversion rates and webinars. And man, that was all like crazy, crazy hard for me. So anyways, the, the bug was kind of implanted in me in, in August. Then in October, I said, let's do it. Like I put a date in my calendar. I went out to, uh, to one of my Airbnbs with my editor. We shot for three or four days in a row and that was it. So he edited it for like the next three months. And in April, uh, well, I guess it was probably more 
more like six months. But then in April, I finally released my very first program that was called the Raw Built Glamp Camp. And that was a, you know, a one week launch where basically I was selling like a program that's like a six week experience that was like six coaching calls and, you know, six guest speakers and six vendors and then 80, 80 videos of glamping content. And that was a really, really, you know, crazy moment for me because that was the moment where I really had to make some big decisions. This was April. I quit my job in March and I told myself like, you know, I told my wife, I was like, okay, worst comes to worst. I can consult. I'm booked and I booked a month out um, so I can quit my job and we can just live on the consultation money. My wife was like, great. And I was like, but I think I'm, I'm relatively certain here that if I release a program, I think we're going to make like 50,000 bucks just on that. And, and that would get us through for a, a relatively, you know, a, a good amount of time. I was like, if we can make like 30 to 50,000, I can take a month or two off. I don't have to work so hard and I can really just focus on on the family and, and growing my businesses and stuff. And my wife was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, just do that. And I was like, okay, great. And so I actually launched that program and it ended up being about, yeah, 10 times more successful than I had <laughs> than I had uh, allotted for. And I, I really didn't know how to process that. I think that was kind of the moment for me where I was like, okay, things are real. That was, you know, that crushed every monetary goal I've ever made. And people like what I have to say. You know, people loved the program. I actually taught so many people how to do it. And there's so many people out in the world right now starting glamp sites. And I felt really validated because I could then go from speaking to one person for an hour at a time to speaking to 250 people at a time. And instead of answering the same question every single day, exactly the same four times a day, you know, like instead of doing that and driving myself crazy and like legitimately hurting my throat, I was like, oh, okay, I could just answer the question one time in like an all-inclusive program. So that program ended, you know, it's closed right now. I don't I don't really sell it anymore. I will at some other point when I decide to relaunch it. But that was kind of like, okay, we made great money. I've kind of learned the, the, the world of courses and like teaching people. I was having a positive effect. I felt really good about that. That allowed me to take a little bit of time off from the grind, sort of. And I, that's where I could really focus on YouTube because I wasn't so much worried about money. I was, I was just like, okay, let's have some fun. Uh, fast forward to today and I just closed cart on a different program. That's a, it's called Host Camp and it's a little bit more designed to teach an Airbnb host how to start an Airbnb business. And from, from start to finish, it's 80 plus videos. It'll end up being probably like 14 hours of video content and all that kind of stuff. In that surpassed my first program by a lot. I think I got like 100 more students just on that. So for me, I'm just kind of really at the beginning of this. You know, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy that people ha- like what I have to say. And, you know, I really feel like more than just YouTube. I mean, YouTube is really awesome because I feel like I can reach, you know, a lot of people like I, I have 300,000 400,000 people tune in every single month. I have 117,000 subscribers. So I definitely get to impact people kind of in a larger capacity from YouTube. But the really cool thing with programs and with courses and everything on Kajabi specifically is that now I get to really sharpen the pencils a bit and I get to whittle down that audience to two to 300 people at a time, or I guess two to 400 people at a time. And I get to actually show people in excruciating detail how to do what I do. You know, YouTube, I can only really put out a 10 to 20 minute video. No one's really going to watch that, you know, not, I mean, sorry, no one's going to really watch longer than that. If I get into excruciating details, like, should you get a propane tank? Should you get a, or should you get a propane barbecue grill? Should you do charcoal? Like that kind of stuff is boring, but the people that sign up for my programs are craving that kind of information. So I can be as long winded and as educational as I want with the program. And it's really going to impact people in a positive way. So it's been really interesting to teach people on a big platform like YouTube and then really kind of finesse and craft 
craft and curate a program for a much smaller group of people that can literally, that's literally going to change their lives, you know, not just because of me, but just because they can go out and actually live their dreams and, and achieve their dreams. And I can help them like, if I can help them in any way do that, that to me is more gratifying than any amount of money that I can make in a program. Well, you briefly touched on kind of some of the the new terminology and some of the, I guess, things that were unfamiliar, unfamiliar to you when you were jumping into this space. What was the hurdle that you had to overcome to get this up and running? Okay, let me just let me just say this. Okay, the world entering the world of of programs and courses and everything like that. It's not necessarily an easy thing. Like like I said, I had a I had a head start, right? So I was in advertising. So it's not like concepts had to be like really dumbed down for me. I understand the general concept of a funnel and you know automations and email campaigns and that kind of stuff. open rates, you know, click through rates. But like putting together a course and curating the outline and uploading stuff and interfaces, that is extremely difficult. However, and y'all didn't pay me to say this, so uh, this is really just me speaking truthfully here. The Kajabi platform saved my butt like time and time again when I was launching my first program because literally like the actual interface was so freaking easy and like self-explanatory. And when I had questions, the the live chat agent like that, there was I would just I would hit up the live chat agents at like three in the morning trying to like tinker around and like get my website up and running. And actually, I launched my first program for under four thousand dollars. Like I paid a designer four thousand dollars to help me with like my my homepage and like my logo and like some of the, you know, the images and everything like that. So from a cost perspective, you know, when you factor in Kajabi and the design fees and everything, you know, I probably spent like six thousand dollars to have like a, a multi six figure launch. And so a lot of that was a huge relief to me that I could just I knew that I could contact like a support agent at two or three in the morning. So all to say, y'all did not coach me to say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this is not an official endorsement, but I do, I really do truly believe that I was like very happy. Like whenever whenever anyone's like, what you know, what program do you use? Blah blah. blah. I was like, it's got to be Kajabi. Like now I work with a course agency, and they were trying to pull me away from Kajabi to do some other one that I had never heard of. And I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, no chance. I was like, I know Kajabi like the back of my hand. It's awesome. It's easy. The analytics there are there. I'm not going to learn another program. And they're like, all right, fine. So I actually forced them to learn Kajabi. And then they were kind of like, hey, actually, you're right. This is like pretty <laughs> nice. And I was like, yeah, duh. That's why I like it. You know, so all to say some of the difficulties was really just kind of understanding and kind of getting through automations and like templates and if this, then what and different sequences. Like if someone adds a, an offer to their cart, but then abandons cart, you can then send out an email eight hours later. That's like, hey, you left this in your cart. Buy it now for, you know, 10% less or whatever. Like it's like those little tricks and stuff that I had to like learn kind of like just by doing it. Um, I had a couple of little flubs here and there, but a lot of it was just because I put together a really huge launch in less than a week. You know, uh, I had been editing it for a long time, but then I just picked a day. And then the the week before I launched, I was like, all right, time to get started. And I, that's when I sent out my first email and like started doing kind of like warming up my email list and everything like that. So I talked to a couple of people in the industry and they're like, yep, you definitely should have done that like a month before. Warm up your audience. You, don't, you definitely don't want to start a course launch the week before. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, it worked. And so I think uh, that just goes to show that if you have something to teach that people want to learn, you know, you can make a lot of mistakes and it's probably going to be okay. I mean, even having done it the second time, I felt like I was coming in as the vet, the pro, right? And the expert. And I still made so many little mistakes that I wish I would have changed, you know, in retrospect, but I still had a massive successful launch and it's still okay because people just, they still like my content and what I have to teach. So, you know, I don't know when I'll really ever consider myself an expert in this, but I feel like I'm 
pretty good at it. And it, it really didn't take but two or three weeks to really kind of figure out what I was doing. I'd love to highlight a little bit of that too, because first of all, what what month was it that you did your first launch? Uh, April. April of 2021. It is for reference point. This is now September of 2021. Mm-hmm. I think we just got some recent news uh, of your new hero status. Care to share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got an email from Kajabi like a day or two ago that I hit the $1 million mark uh, as a on Kajabi. So I think looking at my total revenue, I'm at like $1.136 million in, in like six or seven months. So that's life-changing money to me, right? And what's really cool is, you know, take it or leave it, but the... I kind of I've done a series on this on on my channel. I'm not necessarily happier because I have more money. Like it's awesome, but really what what gives me great joy and gratitude is that I see it more than the numbers. I just see the amount of people that are super stoked and who say that their lives have are changed from it. And so the fact that I actually get paid to like change lives in a small way, like that to me is about as cool as it gets. So I got that email and I was like, "Hey, this is kind of cool. Like I can say I made, you know, a million dollars and like this is just, you know, five months after I quit a $185,000 steady paycheck, you know? So it's uh, it's kind of one of those things that I'm just super grateful. I'm super grateful. And I don't know what the next Kajabi milestone is, but I, I really feel like I've I've hit my goals and I'm happy and I'm like, okay, now what? Now what else can I do? Can I keep teaching people? Can I, Is there another program that can be equally impactful for people? And so I'm just super, you know, excited and a little giddy. It's like, well, what's next? You know, if this is my first year doing this, like what else do I have on the horizon? Like how else can I help shape people's like, you know, real estate careers. That's absolutely amazing. I think uh, I'm almost 100% positive for you're the first uh, million tier hero we've had on the show. So huge congratulations to you from us. Um, (laughs) Absolutely amazing. I'd love to learn a little bit more about like, I guess, what advice do you have for others who are considering like taking this leap and making that jump into the world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, totally. Um, Well, when you say taking a leap, do you mean like the leap into, you know, pursuing a dream or the leap into teaching on a bigger platform? I think it's all of the above in this case, because like, you know, we have across the board, we have people who are like kind of in your case to where, you know, you had some, you already, you already had some business sense. You already have your idea. You kind of, you have something that you've built, but we also have people who are, you know, just given the time frame. like I think we're at a unique point in history to where, you know, there's a lot of people that is, that are just reconsidering, like it does the nine to five make sense. So, um, I, I probably hurt you by, by, <laughs> I didn't help you by narrowing it down. I broadened it for you. No, that's all good. I mean, look, that that's all good. I mean, I could answer both, but I would say honestly, the biggest advice, and this is really the biggest advice in real estate is just like, you have to get started, right? And so I think if you're really thinking about pursuing something that's like a little scarier to you, then you, at a certain point, just, you have to sort of outline and kind of just note take on what you're trying to do. You know, like the concept of, you know, quitting your job. What I did a hundred times before I quit my job was I mapped out the, good, better, best scenario on what I would make if I quit my job. You know, I was like, all right, if I quit my job today, here's what I predict that I'll make this year. And the cool thing is that, you know, the good, better, best scenarios, I squashed all those by, you know, two or three hex on all of those. And it's just because I sat down and I wrote down my goals. So this is kind of something that's new to me, which is like, you know, I, I've been taking a therapy and not for any particular reason, other than people say it's like a, a good thing and it's healthy. And I'm like, okay, Okay, let's do it. I'm, I'm I'm busy. I have a very busy lifestyle. Just because I'm happy now doesn't mean it's sustainable, kind of thing. So I decided, hey, all right, I'll try this like better help thing, which is like an online therapy thing. They're not a sponsor of this or anything, but <laughs> but I started taking that, and I was telling my my therapist, I was like, 
yeah, you know, kind of crazy. Like this has been a good year for me. All of the things that I've mapped out have happened and I don't really know what to do now. And she's like, I think you need to set goals. Like go and write down your goals, like what you want to do in the next year and really just start plotting out like an outline of what you want for yourself. And so that is kind of something that I've really been working on quite a bit now. And so I I would give the similar advice to anyone that's on this path, which is write down what it is you want out of life and start working, start writing a plan for how you want to get there. Um, And that uh, that really does apply even from a a Kajabi kind of course program level too. Like if you're like, well, I I would love to teach a course on real estate or a a course on flipping or a course on sourdough bread or whatever, right? The easiest thing you can do to get started is like start outlining what that course is. And I think for me, I just thought it was so silly that a guy told me I should start a course because I was like, what? How can I speak for eight hours? And so I just started mapping it out. And I was like, all right, if I was going to teach somebody how to Airbnb from start to finish, how would I do that? So, all right, module one, uh, getting started. Module two, market analysis. Margin four, setup. Five, how to furnish. And after I had laid it all out, I was just like, holy moly. I know so much more about Airbnb than I ever anticipated. I had no idea. And so just by the simple act of writing out like a plan of how I would put this program together, that to me was all I needed to say, oh, okay, I actually, I am kind of credible because I know how to do all this stuff. And so I think writing down your thoughts is a, a much more clear way to run towards a goal than just letting them stew in your mind. And it was the same thing with like quitting my job, right? You know, I was like, can I make enough money? And I'm over here trying to do complicated math in my head. And I was like, let me write this down. Started writing down all my income sources. And I was like, oh, this is fine. You know? And so I think for anyone that's looking to get in the entrepreneurial world of, you know, quitting a job, starting a course, whatever, try to formulate your thoughts on paper. If it seems like simple and you're like, oh, I don't need to do that. It's pretty simple. No, just do it. Because I think you'll start finding a lot more clarity and really start to kind of, I don't know, clear up the, the voice in your head on like what you're really trying to get out there. Now, I will say I was a copywriter in advertising, so I'm a little bit more of a writer probably than a lot of people. But even then, like I, I think getting stuff on paper is really motivating because, you know, I, I think you can actually read it and say, okay, I think I can do this. And then I figure it out. You know, I, I had no idea what I was doing when I started my, my programs, but you know, it worked out because I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm definitely the kind of person that likes to jump out of the airplane and assemble the parachute on the way down. And that's what I've done at every step of my entrepreneurial journey. You know, as an entrepreneur, you really have to be willing to take a bet on yourself. And I've done that at every point in my life and it always works out. That's awesome. And it's, it's free to do completely free to do. You can, (laughs) it's completely free. (laughs) Even if you don't have a piece of paper, you can find someplace to carve a, draw a line in the sand or, or, or write it out. Well, I'd like to kind of diverge a little bit from our, our normal, I guess, uh, structure, if you will, because we're celebrating something that is kind of special to us here at Kajabi, uh, even special to me as someone of Hispanic heritage. We're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, which, which is something that I think you also, uh, it also represents mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit of your journey. So I'd love to hear like, how has your heritage like made an impact kind of on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, man. So I'm first generation Mexican-American. Uh, my parents immigrated here from Mexico and my dad was a doctor in Mexico uh, and my mom had a, a great job in Mexico too. And, you know, 35, 36, 37, somewhere in there years ago, they decided to move to America. My dad was not able to carry his license over to America and he applied to, you know, get his MD here and everything like that, but he didn't know English. It was an expensive test to take and he was making minimum wage at the time, which I think was like, I don't know, five bucks an hour or something. So it really hurt me growing up that my father was always the smartest man in the room, but was making, you know, minimum wage when I knew that he was 
was a doctor, right? And he would be a medical assistant here and an x-ray tech here. And just every year there were new regulations that would kind of require more certificates and more certifications and uh, all that kind of licenses and all that stuff. And it was just tough for him because he was learning English and he was really just trying to like put food on the table, much less save enough money to take courses and, and classes and in English, right? And so they were kind of doing real estate on the side and they would flip houses here and there. And I got to witness a lot of the different successes that they had, some of the hardships that they had with it too and everything. And it's it was just really hard for them to scale up and become successful real estate, you know, investors because they had their jobs and, you know, they didn't have a lot of money to risk because uh, if they if they risked everything and they lost it, you know, back to Mexico probably, right? So I think from an early age, I just really wanted to make them proud and and say, okay, you know, I know they weren't able to maybe become the, the real estate investors that they had hoped that they could become, but they did a great job raising me and they did a great job doing what they did with what they had. And so early on, I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make them proud. And everything I do really is for my parents. I mean, they moved here and they gave up everything to provide me a pretty good life, right? And to provide my sisters a really good life. And I'm eternally grateful for that because I just recognize how hard it was for them growing up because I lived it. You know, it's not like we weren't poor or anything, but we certainly weren't rich. But, you know, I, there were a lot of times when I was a kid when I wanted something and my dad was like, I'm sorry, son. Like, we don't have money for that. And so just growing up as a kid, I was just like, man, I want to give my my parents the life that they, they wanted to give me. And so at the core of everything that I do, I mean, ultimately, I just want to take care of them. You know, I think it's like, it's my goal to, to buy my dad a truck and to buy my mom a house and, you know, be like, hey, I want y'all to not worry about money anymore. Like, I'm taking care of you. And thanks to like my programs and stuff, like, I feel like I'm there. You know, like I feel like at this point, my dad is about to retire. And I, I've told him, I was like, I think you can retire, dad. Like, I got you. Don't worry about it. And, you know, there's obviously a little bit of pride there with like, no, 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 I, I, I don't do that. I'm like, no, I literally do this for you. You know, I love you. And I'm I'm so thankful for everything you've done for me. And so pretty soon, you know, I, my dad's going to retire and I'll get to help provide him with an income because of, you know, everything they did for me. And I think that's ultimately what drives me. You know, I have a wife and kids too. I know I'll be providing for them. You know, they live with me, but like getting to extend even past my own direct personal family and take care of my parents. That's like super important to me. I love that. Such a cool, cool history, such a cool story. And also a really great segue into kind of back into how we, you know, normally start kind of concluding this is just like, what all has changed for you? How is your life different? Like what, since making this journey, like had you not have taken these steps, like, like what would have happened or rather, no, let's just focus in on like, what is, what actually has changed for you? Well, um, a lot of things. I mean, man, I don't know. It's like, I get goosebumps really just thinking about this right now because it's like, I just started, you know, in January of 2020. So it's been like a year and a half, like 20 months or something since I started a YouTube channel. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It was kind of dinky. I shot it on my iPhone and then it turned into something, right? It turned into a thousand subscribers and then 5,000, 25, 50, a hundred, you know, 120. And so like that to me is cool. That to me really is a dream come true. And, you know, I don't have a job anymore, which is kind of weird. I mean, I always say I'm unemployed, but someone recently was like, no, Rob, you're, you're self-employed. That's, you know, that's that's something to be proud of. And I was like, I guess that's true. You know, I'm at a point now financially where I don't have to worry about, you know, how I'm going to pay for my daughter's college. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. And I don't have to worry about what happens if, uh, you know, I lose my job. Like I, this is my job. Right. And so this whole life of mine is just it really is surreal because 
I, I just feel like I'm watching, like, I feel like I'm watching myself do all this in kind of a surreal moment. Like there's never a dull moment in my life. Every single day I'm zooming and connecting with, you know, my heroes on YouTube or with other heroes that have reached out that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this right now, you know? And it's all because I decided to take a chance and, and, and you know, hit record and publish it to my YouTube channel. Like that's something that really shaped a lot of, of what was to come. And so at this point, you know, I've had a lot of really cool opportunities between going on to podcasts, like dream podcasts, like Bigger Pockets, for example. I was on PBS, like PBS created a, a, a mini doc on me. I just shot a pilot. You know, there's just so many things that are happening. And it's all because I was like, you know, willing to put myself out there. And I, I think that's something that any entrepreneur really needs to understand. It's like opportunity is not going to come and find you. You have to go and find the opportunity. You have to be there when the opportunity shows up. Otherwise, it'll show up for someone else. And I'm always putting myself out there. I'm not really resting on my laurels here. I'm not settling. Every day I'm pursuing everything, probably a little bit to a detriment. I really don't say no to a lot of things, mostly because I understand that saying yes to things opens up new doors. And I'm just immensely proud of of myself. You know, I think that's the first time I've probably said that, but I'm, I'm proud of myself. And I just think, you know, if this is like the best year of my life right now, then I'm really excited for 2022. Well, Rob, this has been absolutely inspiring, a pleasure for anyone out there who's interested in kind of seeing some of your work, anyone who isn't familiar with it, like what's the best way to kind of get in touch with you? For sure, man. Yeah. Check out the Rob Built YouTube channel. It's R-O-U. What am I saying? I can't even smell my own YouTube channel. It's R-O-B-U-I-L-T, like Rob Built It. Uh, and then you can also uh, follow me on Instagram, Rob Built. And I'm on TikTok now, Rob Built Toe, because someone stole my my username. Oh, geez. Uh, so Rob Built with a no at the end. Uh, yeah. So YouTube is the main place. If you want to learn about Airbnb and tiny houses and real estate and you know my financial journey and financial freedom and quitting your nine to five and weirdness and wackiness and goofiness and fun editing, the YouTube channel is going to be the best place to do that. Right on. Well, we will get those all in the show notes as well. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you so much as always for tuning in, uh, especially for this kind of our, our first ever episode where we've touched on heritage, which is something I think we're really proud of. So uh, thanks again for watching. Leave us a review. Uh, write us and let us know what we can be doing to make these episodes even more inspiring than they already are, which, I, I, you know, this one, I, th I would say, is probably one of the most inspiring yet. Oh, nice, man. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Rob, once again for joining us. Of course. Happy to be here. All right. Until next time, we will see you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.